What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. I got to ask you first about Skip Bayless's video over the weekend. Uh, it was some big reveal, uh, something that he had to get off his chest, and uh, I think he <laughs> implicated you in a scandal in which you'd already confessed no, to. No, no, no. No, no, no. I was not involved. Uh, you know, Sam. You were not I, involved I, I in don't... the snowball incident. No, I don't normally, you know, uh, watch Skip's podcast. It's just because, I mean, you know, I, I watch his show. I, I, but I, with Sam's podcast, with different, show, I mean, I just, I just don't have that much time to watch every podcast. But, but anyway, I've watched a few of them. But Sam gave me the video of this one because he thought I was involved in this snowball uh, episode. Uh, but now I was involved in some snowball episodes uh, with Skip. One, I mean, through through. No wrongdoing on my part. Hooky the bookie, I mean, is, is sitting there Hookie, and just grills yes. this guy um, uh, uh, that's about to turn on to May Avenue. And a chase ensued throughout the old Mayfair neighborhood, uh, Skip's neighborhood. And, and finally, we ran out of gas on that one. And, and we still remember the man's name to, to this day. Paul Stevens gets out of the car and comes and, and basically lectures us and so forth, shook hands with us, and so he found out that Bruce was the guilty party with the cold hand who had thrown the snowball. But, but no, this was an episode uh, that, that uh, this, this was a different time. Now, uh, like they had a, a Bell Owl group uh, that was, uh, would stay over at Bruce's house, and they would get cars on Northwest Expressway and, and, and things like that. Um, and then there was also another episode involving our our former I won't mention his name former junior high coach uh, that uh, where where Skip tore up his hand climbing a fence. But but anyway, no, I I and, and I ironically Skip called the other night. Sam was at the house, and so I was able to, you know, to um, ha- have Skip vouch that I was uh, not a guilty party in that one. So, well, that's anyway. good. I was I, I was expecting something he had to get off off his chest. I'll tell you this: in Black Oak, Oklahoma, <laughs> if you weren't throwing water balloons at cars, then you uh, you weren't living. So I never <laughs> knew that that was something I needed to get off my chest. Matter of well, fact, there's probably some other transgressions that were worse than that. Um, but um, eh, you know what? I'll leave it there. But I haven't carried a whole lot of guilt around in my life about that. Skip has got to stop talking about his days in Oklahoma City. I mean, it just <laughs> no, it does not make him look good. Basketball starter and all that kind of stuff, and then acting like a couple of snowballs at a car uh, is relatable to anything going on right now with people. I don't know. Um, so anyway. Well, it was I'm, the I'm, elderly I'm couple, works couple that hit a stop sign. Um, he, oh. he just wondered what happened to him. But anyway. Okay. okay. <laughs> Good Lord. Good. I'm glad that I'm glad you were not involved in that. No, I was not involved in that one. So anyway, Uh, Marcus, tell me uh, we'll we'll get to your weekend in a few minutes. But uh, give me your thoughts on let's start with the Big 12. I mean, Texas just destroys Kansas by 20. So the second time in eight days that that they beat them by 16 the first time by 20 this time. I know Kansas, you know, didn't have Bill Self. Uh, what what are your thoughts on what you saw in Kansas City? Um, I yeah, they they didn't have Bill Self and they didn't have McCuller either, and I don't yep. think Kansas has a lot of depth. 
But they've got great pieces that fit together really well. So if you talk about the point guard, uh, you've got a senior that's been in that position for a long period of time. He doesn't scare, care about scoring. He doesn't turn it over. Uh, he's really good at assists. they got two wings that I think are NBA players. Uh, Wilson was the best player in the conference in the Big 12 this year. And then on the other side, you got Dick that is uh, a potential top 10 uh, NBA pick. That That's pretty good right there. McCuller is the guy that provides the defense uh, to the team, and I think he means a lot. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he can really, you know, he can help. Then you've got Adams, who is good. Then you also have um, Uday, who came on as a freshman and I think really kind of elevated Kansas to the next level. Now, there's not a whole lot else after that. So you take one of those pieces away or one of those two pieces away, and I think they become a little bit of a different team. But I thought, wow, I thought Kansas got jobbed. Um, you know, they've been one of the best basketball teams in the country. I mean, I'd say as good as anybody or maybe the best over the last six weeks, something like that. And they get seated behind Houston, um, who had really a, didn't play a good schedule at all and also lost. They were also playing without a good player in their conference championship game. But to have playing in Kansas City – and to ship Kansas out west to play in the same region with UCLA, you know, I, I, it's too bad that I didn't make Pat that bet on Kansas basketball to win a pizza franchise instead of a pizza. But I think the NCAA committee kind of got over on Kansas a little bit here. You know, we, the infractions committee may not be able to punish you guys, but we'll, we'll take that Kansas uh, home court advantage away from you in Kansas City. Well, they're sending them to UCLA, though. But I, I think you could argue that maybe the other three number two seeds – would be better than UCLA. I mean, Arizona just beat UCLA. Uh, Marquette's uh, number two. And then Texas is is definitely, I mean, Texas just beat Kansas by 20. But I'm saying on UCLA, the deal is they lose Jalen Clark for the season to the Achilles, and then Bona goes down in the semifinal the other night. I don't know exactly what, what, what his situation is, but and then UCLA lost another guy, you know, during the game. And so they, they were really shorthanded and, and still led Arizona most of the game. And we just played the highlight. Arizona makes the shot, 16 seconds to go, ends up pulling out the, the, the two-point victory. So maybe it's a break for Kansas that they are in with UCLA, Marcus. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think they intended to give them a break. I mean, I think if you ask Kansas, they'd much rather play in Kansas City than play in Las Vegas. I I. I mean, I don't know. Las Vegas is not a bad place to go watch a, a college basketball tournament. But um, I, I just thought Houston, you got a team that's got 16 quad one wins. Houston, I think, got up to six, but for the most part didn't uh, play a great conference schedule. And this year is a different season because you, it's hard for some teams that play in a conference that don't have teams in it that are very good. The American Conference was a bad conference this year. The ACC wasn't very good. It was better than the American um, and then in those conferences, too, especially ACC, SEC, where you don't play a double round robin schedule, you can really get on the wrong side of, um, you know, the whatever your, your competitive games are. So it's a weird tournament. Um, I think it could be pretty good. I thought Oral Roberts, we talked all year about how they could win some games. And then I think they got put up against a team that was way underseated in Duke at five. I agree. So I, I have a hard time with uh, this committee to me. I don't know. It didn't look like it was, you know what I'm saying, very good. Yeah, Duke came on strong at the end of the year. And if, if you watch that tournament over the weekend, uh, that, that I mean, they beat a good Virginia team uh, double digits the other night. 
I don't know. They just seem to be playing their best basketball at the right time. So I, I agree. Jay Billis said it. I mean, now he, you could say he's a Duke guy, this and that. I think he's just telling the truth. Duke's better than a number five seed. So, so you're right. ORU is a 12. Um, it's like they're having to play like a, a two or three seed or whatever uh, right now, having to play uh, Duke in the first round there. But, but hey, just to finish on Kansas, though, Marcus, I mean, still – they, they, Texas still beat them by 16 and 20 in, in, in the last eight days. And so I know McCullough, and you're exactly right. You make great points on McCullough. They didn't have Bill Self. But they still gave him a number one seed over Texas. So I don't know that they jobbed him that bad, right? I, well, I, I, I just I, – conference tournament championship game, I don't – I mean, I didn't put that much weight in it. I don't think they put a whole lot of weight in that either because it's hard to move teams around. But but Kansas won the league by a game. That, to me, is more important than winning the conference tournament championship. I mean, the tournament championships are nice. I see some people that say, oh, the tournament should mean a lot. I don't think the tournaments really mean a lot other than they mean everything for teams that are trying to get into the NCAA tournament that don't have an automatic bid. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That, that you did get the automatic bid. Uh, if you've won the regular season in your league, for the most part, and you're a major conference, you're going to be okay as far as getting in. But the other way to I look at it, I thought TCU was seated low. Uh, I thought A and M was seated a little low. Uh, TCU. I thought A and M was. A lot of people agree with you on 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 A and M and and TCU. We've talked about it. Like it's like Fran said the other night. This is not your normal nine and nine team in conference because if Miles hadn't missed those five conference games, they would be a lot better than nine and nine. You would right. think. Uh, so TCU is a six, and they're in Kansas's region, but they're on the other side of the bracket. That's what I'm saying. Does the committee pay any attention to the injuries in those? I don't know. They should. They say they should. They say they do. But, I mean, I, in this case, it, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder how A.M. went, went to the, the SEC finals, a final game of the SEC tournament. Now, now Bama just run-ruled them 82-63. to 63, But still, you would think that would be better than a number seven seed. I would have had Alabama. I mean, I would have had A&M probably potentially a six. I mean, if you, if you really stretch it out, a five. But, I mean, they – wow, their schedule was not, not good at all. A&M, in the non-conference schedule, played road game at DePaul and a road game at Memphis. That's it. They didn't go to one of the tournaments and all those kind of things. They lost at home to Boise State. They lost at home to Wofford. Um, and then in the in the SEC, they didn't go to Alabama. Um, their, their home road schedule wasn't wasn't. Uh, great but they did play well in the league and i I think that's good enough but the committee was all over the map on you know whether you played a tough schedule or whether you didn't and some of their justification and um i I thought it was i thought it was very random how they explain things uh, one way for a team and then a different way for another team it's tough with with the osus of the world with rutgers i mean rutgers you know had the road win at purdue in early january thought that might get them in but again their their non-conference strength of schedule was in the 300s you know and they were five and eight away from home i mean those bubble to me if you're on the bubble if if you got in you know you're fortunate but like on osu marcus yeah six quad one wins but they had 12 uh, quad one losses Right, but I didn't like his explanation for that. The fact that they had six quad one wins, but they had eighteen games. I mean, you know, that's not a great. They had so many but opportunities, that's lot, but that's a lot better though than a lot of other teams. You give, I mean, uh, give some other teams those same opportunities, and I don't know that they 
get those same amount of wins. I mean, in Oklahoma State did win eight games in the conference. That, that's pretty good. Uh, could they have scheduled a little bit tougher in the non-conference? Yes, it wasn't a great year for them in the, as far as the non-conference schedule went. Well, I mean, you look at, at, at Nevada, right, who, who – who did get in? I mean, they're in the you know as an 11 seed against Arizona State in the first four games, but Nevada was eight and eight against uh, quad one and two put together. OSU was 10 and 14 in quad one and two, you know, mm-hmm. put together. Nevada was four and five against quad one. Is four and five better than six and 12? I mean, I, I, I'm I'm just saying, you know, to take up for the committee, I. I I could see going with the Nevada over an OSU with those numbers. I think the OSU quad one wins were going to be, if you just put them out on the piece of paper and say, whose quad one wins are better, Oklahoma State's are going to beat Nevada's. Look pretty, closely pretty, pretty at decent. OSU's quad one wins and look, look at what they are, Mark. I mean, they're not, it's not great teams, you know. Some, some of them are Oklahoma, you know. <laughs> right. Or, you know. Right. So. I don't know. Anyway, that's like I said. When, to, to me, if you put yourself in that uh, situation, you, you got only yourself uh, to blame right. if, I if, I, if you don't I, I get don't, in. I don't see a, any kind of outrage from Oklahoma State fans over them not getting in. Yeah. No. You know? No. OSU fan. Yeah. If anything, it's the OSU fans that would say, "Are you kidding me? I mean, five game losing streak. Why are that? How are they still being considered?" But right. Um, conference, uh, the, so the finals, I mean, we talked Big 12, Bama rolled, uh, Purdue barely beat Penn State in that Big 10. Are, are you surprised that Purdue was the number one, Mark? No, not surprised that Purdue was number one. I, I think okay. Purdue, the, throughout the entire season, those number ones were, I thought they kind of separated themselves where yeah. everybody knew exactly what they were going to be going into the weekend. Marquette so you don't have any problem with Houston surprising. being a number one, you just don't no. like them in Kansas City, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I thought as good as Kansas has been this season, that 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 would be where they put them, you know. Yeah. And again, like you said, Kansas without McCuller, Houston without uh, Sasser, UCLA had some injuries. I mean, a lot of injuries, you know, factored in uh, at the very end. Uh, the the zone of UCLA, like we said, uh, so they each end up uh, as number twos. Texas, I man, I I might. I mean, I still might pick Texas to go to the Final Four, but I, I kind of hate it that they're in the same same region as Houston, Marcus. I know they wouldn't didn't want to put them with Kansas, but uh, I'd rather see. I, I wish, like, Texas were was in Purdue's region. But they are the K-State Texas, is. you got a potential Texas and Texas A&M matchup there. That will work. That would yep. be pretty good uh, if they play yep. on the weekend. Um, that would be Saturday. So that that's fun for that game. Uh, but, yeah, Texas, they got a lot of experience. And West Virginia, if they can get by Maryland, which is no easy thing, but, I mean, you know, they would be matched up potentially with Alabama in a second-round game. Uh, any thoughts on Baylor, Marcus? They got a number three seed in Bama's region. Creighton had, uh, you know, started off really hot this year and then slowed way down, and they've got a good team. That would be a tough matchup, I think, for for Baylor. Uh, Creighton can score – and they have the, the this telling stat on Baylor this year for me is is the uh, you know seventy five point rule. They've given up seventy five points in a game. They haven't won. Um, so teams that can score, they don't play the kind of defense that Scott Drew has uh, coached in the last few years when they've been winning and, and going to the championship. I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, and and K State, 
number three seed in Purdue's region. Marquette's the number two there on their side of the bracket. Uh, Marcus, game. what like, like like you 70, think of K-State's draw? 77 in Oklahoma City all over again. Um, if those two teams met up, hey, I don't like, like K-State um, um, away from home. I think too much reliance on the three-point shot, uh, a lot of turnovers. They're fun to watch. I like to see them get hot and and win a game. I think Gonzaga is going to be really tough for them. That should be it should be high scoring and wide open. But yeah, K State, yeah, in in Marquette's, and then it was yeah UCLA Gonzaga two three in the same that, the end uh, of the bracket with TCU. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's that's my bad. I'm sorry. Um, but the one thing I would say about K State is if they can stay away from uh, you know a really good defensive team, then I think. They might be able to to shoot it with some people. So I, Kentucky and Providence, Kentucky's probably going to be overrated from where they've been in the past. So I, I do think K State will have a chance to win a couple of games. Um, if you put TC, but I'll say this is that they definitely got a better draw than than TCU with Gonzaga. Yeah, TCU uh, running up against Gonzaga in the second game uh, potentially. So anyway, it, it's it's definitely going to be fun to watch. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Who saved the day? Sponsored by Triple Play Home Services, local pros who saved the day for homeowners with HVAC and plumbing needs. Don't delay. Call 888-76-TRIPLE-PLAY or go to calltripleplay.com. Chris Middleton's been at the scorer's table for a long time. Curry again from way downtown. Timeout Milwaukee. Warriors by seven. Steph Curry with the shot. Switch the pick and roll. Hand down. Man down. Mama. There goes that man. And that's Jeff and Gundy. You also heard Mike Breen and, of course, Mark Jackson, ABC Saturday night. Who saved the day? It was Steph Curry who saved the day. He scored 36, 22 of those in the fourth quarter. And overtime, it was his first game back at home. He had played a few on the road. Uh, but they take down the Bucks 125-116 in overtime. Curry had knocked down the team three with 19 seconds to go in regulation. And then the Warriors get the ball back, Marcus, with 1.9 to go. And Curry inbounds to Draymond, who missed from deep. Uh, and Draymond said he thought for sure it was cash at the end of regulation, but it wasn't cash. It goes overtime, and they get the win over the Bucks, who were playing without Giannis. 
Uh, the Bucks had their three-game winning streak snapped. Uh, just their second loss for Milwaukee in 21 games since January 21st. Marcus, what are your thoughts? Oh, the Warriors are pretty interesting right now where they are in the in the standings, and they continue to lose games on the road. Um, and I think the gap in the Western Conference is kind of setting up where there are more games going on and the Kings keep winning, and they're, they're right there in second, been tied with uh, the Grizzlies. So I think that, to me, that's the, that's the most intriguing thing. I heard Kendrick Perkins say today that Sacramento, he thought, would beat or could beat Golden State in a series. I think that's absolutely crazy, but we'll we'll wait and see if it happens this year. They they so beat the Suns. The they won in Phoenix gonna, the other the night. Not again. Doesn't have Phoenix. Durant, but that's right. I mean, like they win it, win two in Oklahoma City. I, I think they're a great regular season team, or they've had a, a really good regular season this year. I just think it'll be different in the playoffs. I mean, when, when teams really scrutinize how to defend them and force them into uh, defending in the half court. I think it'll be different for, for Sacramento. But don't get me wrong, I, that might, might be opinion, but I'd love to see Sacramento do well. You know, I mean, a team that hasn't done well in a long period of time against some of these other teams in the Western Conference that have had some success, uh, I'd love to see it. But to me, the question on Golden State, Mark, is can they play defense? I mean, Milwaukee hit 21 threes in this game. Now, Golden State hit 23 of them. I mean, neither team was playing a whole lot of defense. That's why it's so fun to watch. But I'm just saying I, I just don't see the defense out of this Golden State team that we've seen in the past, Marcus. That's my biggest question. No, and they're missing w- they're missing Wiggins, too. Wiggins uh, is, you're right. No, and I don't know that point. he's coming back. That's the, that's a problem. And then you do have, again, probably some teams and dynamics going on. Um, Jordan Poole, you know, I know he got punched earlier this year by, by Draymond, but I could probably see why some of his teammates want to punch him. He's out there shooting like he thinks he's Steph. Um you know, I, I think that that's that the the character and the and the overall chemistry might not quite be there now this year. And well, Draymond miss, and Poole, those, yeah, those, those two guys, Draymond and Poole, that were involved in the altercation, uh, they went a combined six for twenty-three the other night. Just those two. But Golden State did get the victory at home. Now the Thunder, Marcus. Now you could say, well. They, they should beat New Orleans when New Orleans doesn't have Zion and or Brandon Ingram on Saturday night. And then San Antonio is, is not very good anyway, and San Antonio is now 17-50. and 50, But San Antonio also is really bad when they don't have Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, Trey Jones. They lose Malachi Branham midway through the second quarter. So this is a shorthanded bad Spurs team. Uh, but the Thunder still got the job done, so they've won, what, two straight? Five out of six, Marcus. Well, I thought the Spurs out-tanked Oklahoma City last night. And we're going to rest SGA, and then the Thunder keep moving up in the standings by winning these games on the road. But you're right, San Antonio, they really didn't want to win that game last night because they're, they're trying to be right in the middle of that Wimbanyana sweepstakes, which I don't blame it. It's a bad team. And J-Dub just continues to impress oh, yeah. night after night, right? The assists, 11 assists last night? I mean, and, and again, he's the, he's the main he's the main option 10 assists yeah 10 assists i'm sorry 10 assists yep. he's the main option scoring the basketball and he was still 7 of 17 from the field which is that's not that's not bad um but to facilitate the way that he did to you know I, I love him he's fantastic 7 of 18 who's counting one for four but no hey like spino said even he didn't shoot it well last night 
But he goes for 21, 10, and 7. He was clearly the best player on the floor. The guy is just so good on both ends. And coming off the game Saturday night, the night before in New Orleans, where he goes for 17 points on 7 of 10 shooting, had three steals in that game. The guy is so good. SGA was great on Saturday night, 35 points. SGA just continues uh, to re- what he has scored 30 or more in 12 out of his last 16 games. So when he does play, he's really good. I thought Josh Giddy was really good on Saturday night where he had 19 and 7, 8 out of 12 shooting in that one. So the Thunder uh, did what they should do, but like Matt said, I mean, you got four teams all tied, and right now, tiebreaker-wise, Thunder would have the number 10 spot if the season uh, ended today. Uh, any thoughts about Brooklyn going into Denver and beating the Nuggets, even though you- – Jokic has a 35-20-11 game, and Denver loses. So now they've lost. You know, we were saying they had won every one of his triple-doubles this year. Now they've lost a couple. Yeah, but they're five games up, and the, they're, yeah. they're way ahead. I mean, they're not they're not giving up that lead, and it's the point in the season where I, I think they win situationally a few games. They've got to get ready for the playoffs, and more than anything, I don't care what Jokic did on Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. It's more of what he does in the playoffs this year. Can he guard the post? When the floor becomes smaller and the game becomes less up and down and teams want to get easy baskets um, and they focus on scoring paint, you know, twos and and threes, can Jokic be enough of a a defensive player to help get the Nuggets to the conference finals or the NBA finals? And then other games. um, Yesterday, Trey Murphy, New Orleans did bounce back with with 41 from from Murphy and, and they got the victory over Portland, but Portland uh, didn't have Dame. The, the Sixers, Marcus, have won five in a row. Embiid does it again, 34-8, and eight, 10 out of 12 from the line. I know yeah, you're still un- not going on the minutes. Sixers. Or... But, but, I mean, it, it's really impressive what they're doing right now. Is Embiid, is Embiid cutting into Jokic's MVP lead? Oh, I, I would vote for him, uh, Embiid, right Embiid just because he plays uh, better defense than Jokic. Jokic is probably going to win it on the numbers. And and they're in first place. I don't have any problem with 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 Jokic winning. I'm just saying, you know, I I do think Embiid's a better player. I mean, overall, both ends my, of the floor because Embiid does play a whole lot better defense, in my opinion, than Jokic. I don't I don't know. My uh, my, uh, my my dislike of the Sixers has nothing to do with Embiid or Harden. I think those guys are incredible. If they had better players around them, if they had the depth that the Celtics had, then I I'd, I'd give them a really good chance. But they don't. They don't. They don't have much. Uh, again, Maxi is an offensive player purely. He is not good on defense. He gives up almost as many points on the other end as he scores. I think Tobias Harris can be really inconsistent, and sometimes Tobias Harris is taking shots that really are meant for other other people. So I don't think that really the depth after that on the Sixers is just is good enough. It has nothing to do with Embiid, who's having a hell of a year. And Hard, I, Harden does it at night after night. I mean, he is just putting up very, very efficient numbers. Uh, the other mm-hmm. two games, real quick, Marcus, uh, from, from Saturday night. Kawhi. How about Kawhi Saturday? Well, Kawhi goes for, for 38. George had 22 in that one. They beat the Knicks and uh, beat him 106-95. I mean, and to me, you know, people talk about, you know, the, the uh, Clippers defense and so forth. Well, hey. Julius Randle goes, and I know Julius Randle and Barrett can shoot you out of games, but I thought they did a heck of a job on Julius Randle the other night. He goes five out of 24, five for 24, and three for 10 from three in that game. But, yeah, Kawhi had 38, George had 22, 
Uh, so the Clippers still not buying in on the Clips in the West? or No, I mean, I, I'm buying in on the Clips. I, I don't think they're going to win the West. Um, I think if they're healthy, they're right there with Phoenix because of Kawhi Leonard. If that's not a Kawhi Leonard-type game, I don't know what is. And that's what does translate to the playoffs. You're going to talk about shot efficiency. Kawhi was 14-22. of 22. Uh, He hit 3 of 6 from the three-point line, 38 points. And then the other team's best player, 5 of 22. That's got Kawhi Leonard written all over it. Uh, and then Russell Westbrook played 23 minutes in the game and three turnovers. That's tolerable. That's pretty good. Um, so I think that, that that to me, again, they didn't mess it up. I mean, the, the guys, the right guys are taking the shots. I mean, and I think really there's one right guy to be taking most of the shots on that team, and it's Kawhi. And then Paul George is, is kind of next. There were some really, well, yeah, really George, good numbers yeah. on these. Uh, really, really, really good numbers on our ESPN stats and info stuff that we get on Paul George talking about the playoffs or even regular season games this year, that Paul George, when he's shooting well, the team wins. When he's not shooting well, the team loses because he's going to shoot and shoot and shoot no matter what. And we've seen it here firsthand. He can have some games where he just keeps firing and it's not going in. And he doesn't really, to me, kind of focus on getting better shots. It's just kind of the shots that he takes is what he gets. That's a big difference for them too and probably even a bigger difference, I think, than Russ is is Paul George, can he be consistently good, or is he going to run into an inconsistent streak in a series and shoot it bad for three games, and then all of a sudden they're done? I, I tell you, so do you think he shot it well the other night or poorly? Because he only went two for eight from three, and he did take 21 shots to get his 22 points. But 10 for 21, I can live with. But the thing I look at, Marcus, eight assists against one turnover for Paul George. And he also had eight rebounds, led him in rebounds with eight. So I, I don't consider that a bad game for him. An, I don't say it's a bad game. I'd say it's neutral. I mean, if you're close to 50% from the field, that's fine. Uh, 25% from three is not great, especially on eight shots. No, but, I mean, no again, that's not You're talking great. about, no. you said 22 points on 21 shots, and you got Kawhi that's got 38 points on 22 shots. I mean, that's, that's the difference in those two guys. Like I said, I think Kawhi is in the argument to be one of the best players breathing. Right now, um, and Paul George, to me, is is he good enough as a second banana to, to equal some of the others in the hey, league? Hey, the other thing is, Marcus Morris, like, remember early on people were saying, well, they've lost these games just because of Russell. No, they had three starters out and their sixth man, which their sixth man is, is still out right now, Norman Powell. But they got Marcus Morris and Big Z back. They're far better defensively. Far and, and the Knicks shoot 35%, 7 for 31 from three. They are far better defensively with Big Z and, and Morris in there than well, I'm when not they gonna say so. I'm not going to say they, lo- they lost those games because of Russell, but I will tell you that I think collectively how well the point guards play for the Clippers. And to me, it's not about scoring points. It's a more about playing defense and, and facilitating the basketball to, to good people. And Eric Gordon might be a part of losing games too if he goes out there and, and thinks that he needs to shoot 20 times. Well, Gordon and Mann need to give them scoring yeah. off the bench. That's their role. How, how well those yeah. guys play, that, that those guard, the backcourt plays, how well they play, it will, help, will yeah. I think, determine a lot. I don't think the Clippers are good enough to beat a healthy Phoenix team, but I, I think that would be a great series. And then Memphis, i got to ask you real quick, Marcus. They got the win Saturday night against Dallas, 112-108. So Dallas falls to 34-34. and Memphis 40-26, and but Memphis, you know, playing without Ja. Now, we've said, I mean, Tyus, now Tyus Jones didn't have the greatest shooting game the other night, but he had 10 assists against no turnovers. Uh, but, but, you know, it was David Roddy off the bench with 24 for Memphis, 10 out of 13, knocked down four threes. Is why they beat the Mavs. Who? David Roddy 
uh, off the Memphis bench with 24 <laughs> I mean, the other night. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good win for them. Dallas is going to be without yeah. Luka and uh, Kyrie tonight. Um, a lot of guys get a chance to yeah. score that wouldn't normally get a chance to score. This whole mess at the bottom of the West, like where the, what all Oklahoma City's in, that's pretty fascinating to me. The Lakers lost to the Knicks last night. They bounced back to get the second half of that um, L.A. doubleheader. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that they'd won three in a row before that. Anthony Davis is playing good, and they are getting enough scoring where I think that, you know the moves that the Lakers made at the deadline at least helped them not be so dependent on LeBron or Anthony Davis, which is a good thing for them. And Davis had 17 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. And still he said, hey, uh, he, he took the blame, said I couldn't find my shot, free throws, layups. He, he did miss a bunch of foul shots. Uh, but anyway, they lose last night to the Knicks, 112-108. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, "What is it real? <laughs> <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. Right. Ole Miss talking with Chris Beard. Well, they have hired the former Texas Longhorns coach, uh, Chris Beard, Marcus. What do you think? Oh, well, I don't know. Um, uh, like I said, I would have, I would have really wanted to. I would not have hired him. I would have looked into his background and, and seeing, you know, what he's done in the meantime to, to try to move past that situation that he had. Um, and again, at some point in time, I think he will. But he's a good coach. I don't know how much Ole Miss can feel confident about him staying there long term because there's going to be a lot better jobs out there for Chris Beard um, if people deem him to be, you know. Um, Whatever the situation caused the 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 uh, the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the issues in Texas. All right, Marcus. Free agency started 50 minutes ago at the top of the hour. What are you hearing from the NFL? Well, I haven't seen a whole lot. There's some rumors out there. I I think with uh, Aaron Rodgers, it's a big story. The longer and longer this goes, what do you think the Jets do? Do they feel there's leadership issues with Aaron Rodgers for sure? If the Packers are ready to move on from him. Um, you have to weigh the talent versus the the potential issues that you cause, and he can go in there after two or three games and decide, I don't like this and I don't like that, and there's really nothing you can do about him being a negative influence on the team. So if I were the Jets, I really would start to try to figure out what else I'm going to do. Their only option now would be what? Garoppolo? Is there anyone else out there free agent-wise? Garoppolo would be the main one. Yeah, right Jackson kind of changes everything that you do. If he comes in, you change your system of, of what you know you're going to run on offense with him. Um, but I, I would almost think this is just you know Aaron Rodgers wanting to play or not, and all the theatrics of the darkness retreat and all this, and, and you can't make your mind up. I don't know. Uh, you know, Mark, probably you, better than it think, seems. You, you just hit on something really interesting that I haven't heard a lot of the national guys talk about. We're talking about a guy who I realized last year wasn't as good for him as the previous two years he was the mvp the previous two years is it not telling that green bay seems like they're ready to move on from the guy they they are I, they, they sound are. like i mean they, they basically said as much yeah basically yeah yeah murphy the other day basically said as much so if that's the case do i mean and you're going to have to make a trade and you're going to have to give you know something you know or several somethings pretty good i mean what 
do you really want that guy as talented Plus as he is? Plus a lot of money. But, but yes. Matt, if they had reservations – I mean, they could have thought of all this long uh, no, before now. No, so no, I, they're I, this far into it. It appears they're full speed ahead. No, you're right. On him, you're, you're, but, you're exactly correct. I'm just saying if Green Bay is seemingly like, please, I mean, it seems like right now Green Bay is like, please, Aaron, please agree to this trade. Please go. I mean, what does that tell you yeah. about Aaron Rodgers? I mean. No, that's right. Be, I no, mean, I'm, I'm with you. I don't no, know. How does Aaron exactly Rodgers' appearances in the Super Bowl tell you about Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he wasn't the best with the MVP year. He wasn't the best quarterback in the NFC Championship game. And then for Jackson, back to your number one, you know, the number one free agent available is Lamar Jackson, Marcus. Obviously, you'd have to give up two first-round picks. It appears that you'd have to have really big guarantee. That's why he's holding out for, you know, from, from Baltimore. But, Mark, if he doesn't sign that franchise tender, they can't do anything with Lamar Jackson until he signs that tender. Is he going to do that? Well, who's negotiating with him? I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah. It doesn't appear to be anybody negotiating with him right now. No there's one. No, it it appears no maybe no one else is going to give him that big guarantee either. But it but it appears to me that Baltimore, it appears that that they're satisfied to move on from him if they have to. There's no buzz out there about about him. Well, they're going to end up with him, I think, if nobody else is going to negotiate and and, and do that. And then it's going to be an unhappy Lamar Jackson, and and you know if he, you know, does. Eventually, sign. And I, take the so I would worry less about that. I wouldn't really worry about unhappy Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, I think you know, I, he's got to play. I think he's he's in a little bit different situation than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, like again, why aren't we worried about unhappy Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he seems unhappy all the time. But, unhappy but back even to when the he's Jets. making the money. Yeah, Rodgers. That's that's why this eleven o'clock deal this morning was such a big deal because once free agency starts, well then. You know, if if they don't have an answer from him, well, then they need to go after Garoppolo. If you know, because someone is, someone's going to get Jimmy G here. You know, probably within the next day or so, right? Where would you want to go with your uh, Garoppolo? Jets, who would I rather go to? No, no, no. If you're Jimmy G, the team that you'd want to sign with, I would think that for sure that's the Jets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, good defense and. I mean, the Jets have a chance. Now, again, we're saying we're not saying that they're going to beat the team to beat in that division over Buffalo, but but they would definitely have a chance with what they have around the quarterback there. So yes, and Jimmy G, he's been with good teams, and like I said, he's. I'm not saying he's the greatest thing in the world, but he is 44 and 19, including the playoffs, and he's only 31 years old. So they're, anyway, they're probably they're probably 200 people in the stands at Jets games it would be better than what they have. So yeah, they take Garoppolo <laughs> in a second. Okay, hey, tell me real quick what you think of the Bears trading the number one overall pick. They did get DJ Moore. They did get a number nine pick, uh, Carolina's number nine first-round selection, late second-round pick at number 61, then a 2024 first-rounder, 2025 second-rounder. So they got a really good haul back. But what are your thoughts, Marcus? That was a great trade for the Bears. I really thought it was they they did – uh, a great job of maximizing what there was for that pick, and and I, I think could you have almost could they have moved to number two? I mean, they like C.J. Stroud, I think, and so I don't I don't you know I'm not sure what the that the uh, somebody else would be happy I think in the in the draft at some of the other quarterbacks, but I don't know that you would want to put that much equity into trying to get hit on a quarterback. I just I think that's that was a little ridiculous. 
So they're they're sticking with Justin Fields. And Matt and I talked earlier, and, I mean, they did. Matt's right. They got a haul for him. But they're also they're, they're banking their future on Justin Fields. I Personally, I, I do think Bryce Young, five years from now, is, uh, you're going to be more confident having Bryce Young as your quarterback instead of Justin Fields. And if, and if it's all about the quarterback and it's all about a quarterback being able to throw the ball, I'd rather bank on Bryce Young than Justin Fields. Without, without, with all those picks and, and a good receiver and an area of, of huge need for the Bears, I'm just saying it still comes down to the His play of the quarterback. field's not good yeah. enough to uh, – but you, we've at least – we don't know. I mean, that just it's just an opinion on Bryce Young, and there's a lot of questions about his size. We have seen fields in the NFL. Two years. To know, yeah. to know that he's okay. He's not – it's not like he's, he's terrible. He's all right. Yeah. No, I know. I'm with you. He's. I'm not saying he's terrible at all. But is there upside for him? Can he get better? Maybe maybe he can. Maybe he can. I'm and saying he, he did needs all that to stuff throw last the ball without to... really with, with an offensive line that has been horrible for, for multiple years that got a little bit better last season. Yeah. And then and then now you put a, a receiver there. Um I I don't know. I think that's uh to me that was no, it's great. the Bears. No, it's a great the Bears, trade for Chicago. It's the Bears no, are gonna no have question. better higher expectations for the Bears going into this year than they would have last year. No question. No question. And and if Phil's continues to get better, well then maybe Maybe he maybe he's a lot better than I think he is. I'm just saying that that's the only thing I, I think might be holding them back when they get right down to it is their quarterback. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. That's it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was. hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen.